0: Never heard so much of a fuss about coyotes in your life? Every second night, there's something on the TV news about, oh, they spotted a coyote and he tried to eat a little dog. And I'm not trying to understate it on the one hand, but I think we've been overstating it. And there's a, a press release out today from Toronto Wildlife Center, and it, it reads in part, the male coyote who has been subject uh, of so much attention recently has been fed regularly by multiple people. The feeding has been observed by staff and volunteers of Toronto Wildlife Center, as well as by cemetery staff. And um, they're talking here about um, the cemetery, what's it called? Pine Hills. And Pine Hill Cemetery, if you don't know, it is in Scarborough in the Birchmount area. And um, they're concerned about that. In addition, photographers have been using food baits to get the shots they want, another form of direct feeding. There is now a problem in the Pine Hill Cemetery neighborhood, one completely created by Humans says the press release. Toronto Wildlife Center is working closely with City of Toronto staff, Coyote Watch Canada, and the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry to come up with solutions. On the line with me is Natalie Carvonan. She is executive director of the Toronto Wildlife Center. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. This is. Uh, I said it was overstated. I think it is, isn't it?
1: We certainly think it is. I mean, we we never want to poo-poo people's uh, fears. You know, we want to be able to address them and and educate them and and make them feel better about the situation. But certainly this seems a, a little crazy to us.
0: Well, it seems a little crazy to me. And the reason is I know a little bit about coyotes. First of all, they, when, when I found myself in Toronto, which is about 40 years ago, we didn't worry about uh, coyotes. They didn't seem to be in evidence. If they were here, they were well hidden. I think at that point they were still migrating North and we were a little colder then. And now we've got a lot of coyotes in the area and they've been proliferating. And the, the issue with the coyotes is there are some people out there who think that they're, they're talking about a Canadian wolf that weighs a hundred pounds and it's going to take a flying leap and attack you. Uh, and it, it. It's not that way. Coyotes weigh 30 pounds. Maybe a monster one is 40. They tend to keep to themselves. They're skinny little things, so they're always uh, foraging for food. And uh, they don't typically, uh, on an unprovoked basis anyway, attack a human.
1: That's absolutely correct. I mean, their favorite food item is meadow voles, which are essentially a type of mouse. You know, they, they really would rather do what's easiest. And as you say, they'd like to stay away from people and just be left alone. But, but in this case, you know, this coyote has been trained to come to people because he's been getting a food reward for doing that for a long time.
0: It sounds like it's kind of, we all know people who they go out and they get a dog as a pet and, uh, and the dog, um, pees on the floor, which all dogs do for the first six or eight weeks until you get them outdoor trained. So you try to paper train them, then you try to get them out the door. And these people, the, the dog will pee on the floor, like it knows what it's doing and they'll slap the dog on the nose and say, no bad boy. And then two minutes later, they'll hand him a cookie. That is not how you train an animal. And essentially coyotes aren't any different, not suggesting we're trying to toilet train them in houses, but we are trying to train them not to depend on us humans to keep them fed.
1: Absolutely. And and heck, it's the same thing with people. You know, I mean, you, you have to, you train an animal to do something in a very intentional way and I think that if we were, you know, you go, everyone's been to a park and you have a squirrel approach you because he's been fed like crazy in the park and he says, oh, might someone going to give me a handout? But the difference is this coyote has experienced the exact same thing, but now the coyote approaches someone and people run screaming in the other direction and, and think that they're going to be, you know, attacked and killed by this animal, which is not the case.
0: What's the best thing to do? You know, if I'm walking, whether I'm by myself or with another person or, or walking an animal, I don't have a dog right now, but I, I have, uh, if I'm doing that and I'm confronted by this, you know, 30-pound skinny-looking thing that's, that's dog-like in appearance, and I say to myself, well, that's a coyote, what do I do?
1: The, the fundamental thing to do is just act big and scary. I mean, they are already afraid. I am big and scary. Yeah, exactly. But but the coyote is going to be thinking, OK, he's big and scary, but this this preacher gives me food. So, I mean, you have to clearly indicate you don't have any food and be bigger and scarier. And and we've already done this with this coyote and, and Coyote Watch Canada has as well. And, and the coyote immediately reacts with fear and runs away and goes, oh, like people are not good. You know, so, I mean, certainly the feeding has to stop because otherwise... What a confusing situation for this coyote! You get rewarded one day for approaching people, and then the next day, people, you know, frighten you. Um, that's really important. But just acting big and scary really does the job.
0: So the position of of your organization, the Toronto Wildlife Center, is the last thing you want to do is build a dependency by leaving food out for this thing. It's it's not like a stray cat, a feral cat that you're trying to do something for. Which I'm I'm not even sure we should be doing that, but. With wild animals, that's not what you want to do. We have enough of a raccoon problem without creating a coyote problem, as if we haven't already. So don't leave food out. Don't feed them. Let them go and forage on their own. Lock up your garbage so they can't get into it, and, uh, and you'll create trained behavior that works for you in the meantime there are people out there who are saying and you see them interviewed all the time uh or you know we talk to them sometimes on the air we interview them here so you don't see them but the point is what they're saying is why don't we transport this coyote back to the wild and put it back in its own environment not possible is it
1: it's not possible and and first of all you know we pride ourselves in toronto being a very green city i mean it's certainly one of the reasons that i love living here in toronto Uh, But this area has ravine systems. It has hydro track corridors, or sorry, railroad track corridors. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly where coyotes are supposed to live. Um, So first of all, let's say we entertain the idea of taking this coyote away to a magical forest somewhere. It's really hard to catch coyotes. Because they're frightened of people and they're really smart animals, it's very hard to catch them. So even if you could catch them, there are laws prohibiting moving them out of their home territory. And if you could still they break those laws, the coyote won't survive. It's very well documented. If you put him in another area that's good for coyotes, there's already coyotes living there. And those coyotes won't, won't welcome a stranger with open arms.
0: Because they run, they run in packs and this would be a foreigner.
1: That's right. They're territorial and mean, just like many animals are. And any area has the, the right number of coyotes for the food, water, and shelter that's in that area. So you try to squeeze another one in there who's a stranger and it just really won't go very well. And that coyote probably will be killed.
0: Okay. So the bottom line is it is highly unlikely if you um raise yourself up to your full height and go, ah and wave your arms, that no coyote is going to attack you, much less try to eat you, which is what we hear oftentimes. However, a coyote will feed on a small dog or a or a small cat if that animal is unprotected or left alone. So for those of you who like just sticking the uh, the household pet outside in the front yard and closing the door, which is not legal and not a good idea anyway, um, that might happen to you. But if you guard your dog or your cat, you're not going to have a problem. How come coyotes look to prey on these little things?
1: A coyote doesn't understand that it's okay to take a, a wild rabbit or a groundhog as food and not uh, a little dog or a cat, because they're around the same size, you know, no one's explained this to the coyotes, you know, so um, it is incumbent upon us to protect our our pets, you know, I've got two cats, which I, I love them like crazy, I would never think about just putting them outside and, you know, going to work or something, when they're outside, we take them out on a leash and harness, or they have a cat enclosure at our cottage, they go out and hang around inside the cat enclosure, where they just watch the birds, and they don't hurt any of the birds or chipmunks but they themselves don't get hurt so we need to take those steps to protect our pets if we're in areas where there are wild predators and it's not just coyotes birds of prey will take small pets too Uh,
0: natalie you've seen coyotes um in in your um center you've actually had them there to treat them or however they got captured and wound up with you um you you have seen them up close and personal they're they're pretty frightened little animals aren't they
1: they're very frightened and in fact we pretty much have them all the time We have coyotes now they're they're pretty regular animals we're busy we're, we're a very busy wildlife center so we we regularly get them in and we're also quite good at catching the injured and sick ones so we get them in because of that too. Uh, But, yes, they're absolutely terrified of people. I mean, we've had cameras in their enclosures. um, Say if it was a coyote that was very badly injured, we needed to see if he was walking or something. We know that they do not come out when we're even in the building at all. We can be in the building, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours, and they cower in their den box until we're gone. You know, and then they kind of tentatively come out at, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning to try to get some food and water because there's not people around anymore. So they, they really aren't quite frightened of people.
0: So we're we're not doing them any favors when uh, let's use uh, the the best example of all, which would be the media. Media is covering coyotes a lot because it's not just Scarborough or the Birchmount area, the cemetery area. It's all over the place. I remember we were hearing of uh, attacks uh, on on small animals, particularly uh, up in the Richmond Hill, Thornhill area, um, and out westward to uh, the western parts of Vaughn, that kind of thing. Now we're hearing about Scarborough, but they've been seen pretty well everywhere. And uh, when, when you uh, look at or hear a report from media, the words that are often used are attack, aggressive, stalking. Uh, and you say, if I'm correct, those are not words that are appropriate to um, coyotes because they don't tend to attack They don't tend to be aggressive, and they don't tend to stalk anything.
1: Well, they might stalk a meadow vole, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, a meadow vole, it's it's a mouse.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if I I use the example I gave before, you know, if you had a squirrel following you in the park because he's been regularly fed and he thinks that he might get a a little bit of your sandwich – You know, I don't think we would describe that as stalking, you know, but we do that with coyotes and it it is really problematic because it paints uh, um, them as a bad animal and a negative animal and people who don't know much about them, if that's the only information they receive, they come away thinking they're bad, they're dangerous. So certainly that's not good for the people, you know, because it makes them feel uneasy and unsafe in their own neighborhood, but it's also not great for the coyote because that's often a license for people to injure or kill animals out of fear that isn't justified, in our opinion.
0: Okay, so the solution to the coyote problem, quote unquote, uh, and and something people should take heed of, as well as uh, you know, you people like yourselves, which you are doing, and the city of Toronto Animal Control and the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry, which gets called in on these things all the time. Um, there, there has to be a coordinated effort. What are you suggesting for a solution?
1: Well, certainly, uh, education is key. So those people who are open to being educated and informed about the realities of, of coyotes and the, the dangers that they're perceiving is always very important, and we're and we're doing that. Uh, it is very important to stop the feeding. Feeding has got to stop. You know, there's just a number of people feeding this coyote. And, I mean, really, I, I say throw the book at them. You know, they're walking past the educational signage and feeding them anyways. So I think we have to do something to stop them. Um, you know, and then we need to do what we call it aversive conditioning in our field. So the kinds of things we've been talking about, acting big and scary, anytime this coyote approaches somebody, it should be, um, call it hazing as well. You know, it should be uh, frightened. You know, it, we should take measures to say people are bad. Don't approach people. We're going to scream and shout and, you know, it's not going to be a positive experience for you. So that's part of the coordinated approach that we're taking with these other organizations is doing that with this coyote. We're trying to do it quietly when there's not people around. Um, We have um, some good strategies for finding this coyote, and we're hoping that that will work if the feeding can stop.
0: Okay, folks, there you have it from somebody who knows what she's talking about, Toronto Wildlife Centre Executive Director Natalie Carbonan, Thanks so much for your time this morning.
1: Thank you, Peter.